everyone, welcome to Bookversations. We're your hosts, Sayed, and I'm Mahmouda. Join us as we have conversations inspired by books. I'm changing our greetings to be three greetings. We what? Just watch and learn. Alright, <laughs> start. Get started, Mahmouda. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Hello. Welcome to Bookversations. Listen. <laughs> I'm dead. I hope you don't cut this I'm, out. I'm trying to be more inclusive. Okay. Hi, hello, welcome, salam alaikum, marhaba. Ayaseo. Bonjour. Hola. Guten Morgen. Bon dia. Welcome to Bookversations. Welcome to Bookversations. I'm dead. I'm stop. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Bookversations. First of all, Ramadan Barak to everyone. Oh, yeah, Ramadan Barak. Yeah, we've been we've been missing action for a while, and we're still going to be missing in action. But no, but it's an intentional pause, intentional pause to re-strategize to see how we can serve you better. Inshallah. Okay, so as always, this episode's conversation is inspired by Quran Murad's "In the Early Hours," a book on spiritual and self development. In this episode, we're continuing continuing with a discussion of the fourth chapter titled Relating to Allah's Messenger. If you're new to Bookversations, every month we discuss a chapter from an Islamic book that we love and we benefited from. I swear to God, I can't speak today. You can listen to the episodes as standalone episodes, but of course, feel free to listen to the earlier episodes as well, which I would recommend, especially because it's Ramadan and I feel like... We've covered so yeah. much topics in the, in the earlier ones on different things. It's such a deep book. Yeah, it Small is. Small but deep. So please do check out earlier episodes. Before we get into our overall review of the chapter, subscribe, like, comment and share. Please do all of those things. It helps other people to discover the podcast. Alhamdulillah, it's great to get all the reviews that we've been getting for in the early hours. We're really grateful that you're benefiting from it. So yeah, please do like, subscribe, share if you haven't already done so. And keep us in your du'as. Yes, please, inshallah. Now that accept all of our du'a. Um, okay. Actually, I actually have a feeling that this might be my favorite episode, but let's go. Wow, you have a That's beautiful. I love your expectations. I have a really feeling because it's on a good topic. Yeah. On the Prophet Sallallahu Right. Okay. So, what were your overall overall review slash thoughts of on the chapter? Really enjoyed it. Actually, I love the reminder that if you want to understand the Quran, you have to understand it with like the life of the Prophet. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I think awesome. like if you're just reading a translation in isolation, it's good. But like if you really want to understand like the revelation and why this ruling came into place and what was going at the time, it just puts a lot into perspective. And mm. um, but then I love how it shows you just how rich the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's life was, and like he just it did so much. Um, Subhanallah and. It lived such a full, wholesome life and it was just a beautiful reminder. And I think this book was also very, this chapter was very good. You know how Allah says in the Quran that is in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is an example, the perfect example for us. So yeah. I really liked that this book kind of focuses on like the different ways in which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is an example for us in the way that we should live our lives. And I love anything to do with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam anyway. So mm. it was really, really a good read. And it was also a good reminder how did you find it? I had so much to say. Okay, let's That's go. That's good. Let's <laughs> right, get started. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's great that the book, does, or this chapter anyway, talks about the, the role that the Prophet ﷺ should have in our lives in terms of him being a role model, mm-hmm. in terms of the fact that like the best way for us to live our Islam is through following his sunnah and why like his knowledge of him knowledge of his life knowledge of his actions mm-hmm. is essential for us as muslims like we can't just say oh i'm a muslim and then not care about the prophet yeah the prophet, like the life mm-hmm. of the prophet and how he acted and how he behaved i guess it goes back to that the the notion of like islam isn't just about our personal relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's just like it should manifest in the way that we treat others yeah. like mm-hmm. it's important not to remove character from the equation but also when i was reading the chapter i thought about how subhanallah so i was watching no the way this reflection came about i was watching um omar suleiman's hair after series loving it loving it it was so emotional subhanallah and like just hearing so many of them saying on the day of judgment like one of the first people they would want to see was the prophet because who else and they were crying and i just thought isn't it such a special thing that the Prophet is loved by millions. People that have never even met him. Who've never met him. That is a special, 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 special thing. And it got me thinking about fame 
and the desire for fame because I feel like we live in a world where fame and just mm-hmm. kind of like get attention is becoming something that's more prevalent like the desire for it and I was just thinking about how like when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about he's the one who gives honor and he's the one who you know, elevates uh, one of my yeah. favorite verses in the Quran is the verse where Allah says that if Allah if Allah is pleased with you I mean paraphrasing is going to appoint affection for you in the hearts of yes. people like you're not in like if you want good honor and good fame mm. like you don't have to be the one to shout from the top of the world like Allah will make people love you yeah without you even having to do anything exactly yeah it's so interesting exactly because I just think like nowadays there's so many there's so many different like reckless ways that you can behave because you want to be seen by people because you want to be mm. noticed by people because you want to get those retweets I can't even tell you, you what cancel my mind right now but yeah <laughs> so I just thought about like subhanAllah like the 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 station that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi has that like you said millions of people love him and we've never met him That's and we like desire to meet him and then also a little bit of um background story <laughs> Because oh, basically, one of the names of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is Mahmud, the one who's mm. praiseworthy. Mm. And obviously, mm. my name is Mahmuda. But <laughs> the reason why I bring this up is because there's an ayah in Surah Al-Isra where Allah Subh'anaHu Wa tells the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to wake up part of the night, pray like pray for part of the night, and perhaps mm. you'll be elevated to a praiseworthy station. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is obviously like we are in Ramadan. Mm. And like, like if anyone struggles with the hajj normally because we're awake and we're eating we are like you we have that time to just need to pray to Allah exactly exactly and how um yeah like that's a that's a good opportunity to take advantage of during Ramadan you know what on that note I just remembered how I just keep thinking about how fascinating it is that Allah always says in the Quran when you have trouble when you're struggling pray like Mm. it's so interesting that's what Allah directs you to but it is that thing that like anchors you and helps you find your way and it also kind of it recenters you and helps you refocus on what actually truly matters number one but also who is in control of solving your problems but yeah tahajjud is beautiful true I'm gonna dive a little bit but I'm gonna go back to my point on that point about salah um, Iqbal Nasim always like one of the his tips that's really helped me he says like before you your wudu is the first part of your salah right like so don't do wudu mindlessly and then two before you start praying like take two seconds out just think like what message is my salah sending to Allah because he was saying if you're just standing for Allah and your mind is with someone else what message is that sending about the position that mm, God has with you so I've been trying to remember that in Ramadan just yeah. be like it's just it's so Allah I love you diverted, <laughs> isn't it yeah exactly exactly it's I'm so telling you centering yourself in salah is it's work mission it is work you know because your mind you know what the, the thing that pisses me off the most though, is that my mind will remember the thing that does not matter at all then yeah. you know what the worst part is after salah you don't even remember the stupid stuff I you're swear. thinking about doing salah and to you you're like oh it's the most important thing clearly that's my stupid oh yeah. shaitan's working over time when we're praying he's like boy I don't need you to concentrate it is crazy so, how easy it is to just get distracted. I know. But yeah. may Allah accept all of our salah. I mean. I mean, I mean. And then also the other thing that I wanted to mention around like being praiseworthy is like I always, like one one of the ads that I always make is like, oh Allah make me praiseworthy in your sight. Because I always think mm. like, you know people praise you here. That's one thing. Exactly. But like imagine meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter and it's like, you literally have no Ooh, value watching. in his sight. Are That's terrifying. Um, Omar Suleiman's on the Judgment Day series. Yeah. Oh, Subhanallah. I'm telling you, because it, it it puts it into perspective literally. that literally. the one with which you want to be seen as praiseworthy in that is Allah, because that's the like like that's, that's the best that form. And that's human beings can tell you one thing this second and another thing next second. <laughs> Cancel you Forget tomorrow. <laughs> you want to be praiseworthy in the sight of Allah. That's the goal. I love that series, honestly. I think it's such a good series. I love that they're focused on Akhirah this yeah. entire year because I feel like it's good for getting you to recenter refocus remember recalibrate like this is what matters this is the thing that yeah. matters i really really love the focus on the akhirah it's so well, good because it's so easy to get lost the, the way we're all like in a rush or chasing something or like choosing different conversation mm. Mm. but it's just interesting how it's so important to just constantly be reminded because you will feel like the odd one out when you're the one that's all focusing on dean and all focusing on all of these things and everyone else is like okay but that's then it's so thing. nice to have this remind them that at the end of the day this is the thing that matters sometimes like people are doing majority of people are doing something that may not even seem haram but is not entirely pleasing to Allah mm. and you can just be like yeah but then that's the norm of the world you're living in and it's just remembering that this this 
norm is not the norm that Allah wants for you anyway. Yeah. And it reminded me of oh God, so much diversion. But it reminded me of this and I don't remember what episode it is in the Quran thirty for thirty where Sheikh Abdullah Dura was like submitting to Allah like is to submit wholeheartedly. Like mm. even when you're not comfortable like you would feel no discomfort basically. Even when that thing that you want and what Allah wants it's not it's not aligned. Yeah. You would wholeheartedly accept that thing that Allah wants for you. Like it's just the fact that he kept emphasizing the wholeheartedness of belief and of submission. Yeah. They're willing to accept and remember that this is actually what matters at the end of the day. That's deep. Yeah. It's true. Another diversion. But so basically I've been following Iqbal Nasim does this. He's doing a thirty day meditation. And I loved and I love it. And one of the explanations that he was giving yesterday of he was saying how fascinating would it be if when we're introducing ourselves as Muslims, instead mm-hmm. of saying I'm Muslim, you say I'm someone who submits to God because that's actually what it is. Like it's mm. like mm-hmm. it's about submission. I think when he said that again, like it gave me more pause of thinking. That's the essence of like the deen okay, is about total and utter and the submission is, what does and it mean surrendering. To submit? Not like one feet in, one feet out, which is the other imagery in the early chapters. May Allah help us because um, this life, this dunya, I feel like it's not made for submission. This dunya, it's just it's hard. Right now, it's getting hot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it just seems it just yeah it, it seems like things are getting more challenging um okay so the last point that i wanted to make around the prophet Sallam and and the praise and the honor that prophet Sallam has i was listening to this i can't remember the name anymore whether it was like a yoruba lecture or it was like one of those adkara stuff but basically the speaker was saying that every other thing that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us to do allah doesn't participate in like so prayer giving charity allah doesn't of, like of, like it's below allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to participate in mm-hmm. but the allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instruct us to send salawat onto the prophet mm-hmm. and he and the angels also do it where's the ayah surah Hazab, ayah 56 allah and his angels send blessings on the prophet oh you who believe send your blessings on him and salute him with all respect That's and you just deep. think i'm telling you wow. to be praiseworthy in the sight of allah nothing comes Literally. close to it nothing comes Literally. close to it and oh you know what this reminds what me of honorable station yeah the hadith where um the prophet says when allah, allah loves a person he yeah. tells angel jibril and angel jibril announces in the heavens allah loves the person then they announce and it's just allah's love is just it's the best thing yeah and then also the reward that we get for sending salawat onto the prophet mm. like it's such so easy to do mm-hmm. and there's so much benefit that comes with sending you know i was listening to this lecture and the stadha was like the prophet Sallam responds to the sal- salawats that are sent yeah to him. So it's so beautiful knowing when, that you when. said it and he's responded to you exactly so win win situation oh, i really i'm looking forward to meeting the prophet Sallam. inshallah inshallah maybe like, i just can't wait to of see those who are in his so company cool. and that he wanted to see us too that is true guys we're so lucky we're so lucky we're so lucky to have him should we get onto the conversation yes yes we should so the chapter talks about how the quran provides the framework for human life but the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his sunnah provide us with the details for that framework and that following the prophet sallallahu footstep is how we live and breathe islam so on following the prophet's footstep what's your relationship like with the prophet <laughs> i think <laughs> what question. transformed my relationship so because i feel like we're all raised like oh believe in the prophet we live in the prophet right mm. and i don't think and i've been asking so i remember i I don't remember when, but sometime in uni, I think it was second year, I attended this halaqa, and then they're talking about, obviously, the verse of the Quran, where Allah says, if you love, so Allah told the Prophet Sallallahu to say, if you love Allah, then follow me, and Allah would love you, and I kept thinking, how can you love someone you don't know, like, I mean, I'm trying, but like, those books, the sealed nectar, it was good for the biography, but it wasn't really helping me to connect, and I think one thing that transformed my relationship with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was listening to the full series by Sheikh Abdul Nasser Janda, yes. Those series were so good because they not only did they humanize him, they just mm. they put because he starts from before the Prophet was even born, so like up until it was just the way he did it as well. Yeah, it made it so easy to connect with him, and I think that opened so many doors for me. It helped me realize that you can listen to so many series of the prophets and you take away so a million and one things from mm. it. Like for example, what's his name? Said Abdurrahman Murphy was also doing hard work series full about the prophet's life. Yeah. Right? It was shorter than Sheikh Abdul agenda and it was a specific focus. But still, you learned... If you've heard the stories before, but you learned so much about the Prophet Like, so many... So many layers. Like, it's yeah. just... His life is so layered. It's just... I'm always Sorry. in awe. Because every time I read, like, all of the different... Every day I come across a new hadith, I'm like... 
The prophet salam did so, so much. Because so remember, he became a prophet. Salam. He so became a prophet. Salam. Salam. Salam became a prophet at what forty, and then he lived until he was sixty-three. Yeah. In those twenty-three years, yes. and you know what? Actually, diversion. But that always reminds me of how it's never too late to start anything. And you might feel like you're coasting, but Allah could have a vision or a mission, a mission or a vision for you mm. that you don't know. And so, like at forty, and for That's twenty-three true. years, it transformed the world. So much basically. can be achieved in what seems like a short space of time literally and i just think about how his life was just it's beautiful i just i love learning about the prophet because i know i always learn new things there's just there's no way it's just one one interaction one this and then you're like oh my god professor son talked about this he talked about this this happened this happened it's just it is so crazy it's so easy to fall in love with him because of the kind of person that is as well true just the kind of compassion i was just reflecting on that literally yesterday i was like how we also want to be like prophet sallam but think about how he was with even the people that were mean to him Mm. he still wanted good for them i lost a verse in the quran saying are you going to kill yourself with grief over these people who have chosen to not believe that's how much he sallam cared about people so when i just think about him in terms of my relationship i just want to try to be even if it's just one ten to like him He's an amazingly beautiful soul. It's a subhanallah. Yeah. Anyways, that's how I feel. There's so much. There's so much to marvel. I I know. I think especially because we just we love reading stories. And like you said, with Sheikh Nasser Jangda's series, you feel like you were there. The way he tells stories, you feel like you were there. I remember him telling the story of the Prophet laughing, and I can't remember the particular of the story, but when he was narrating it, it felt it felt like I was there. And I think when you listen to the Sierra series. And as you mentioned, the more you fall in love with the Prophet, so the more that desire to be with him in the hereafter is present. And so mm-hmm. because of that, you just want to try and model as much of his behavior as you can. Literally, because you want to be near him. Exactly. And obviously, then you have to follow him. You yeah. know what this reminded me of? Actually, something else that actually helped, which is so interesting, is, you know, there's this, there's this Omar series, this Arab series with his English oh, yeah. titles. I've never watched it. And I watched the... I didn't finish it. the first... I think it's just one season with like 30 episodes. Okay. I haven't finished it, right? But what I think that did for me was because I already had the, the context of Sheikh Abdel Nasser Janda's knowledge mm. watching because they tried to be as detailed as possible in, in the series, right? Yeah. And it was so helpful then seeing that brought to life. Of course, it's not the same people and that, but they actually tried to do a good job in telling the story. Mm. And I think that also helped because sometimes you feel like, oh, it's so far away, I can't picture it. But I think that helped with just imagining like the things that happened during that time yeah. and how it happened because it might feel like an abstract thing. But you see, like, for example... So it was talking about like the talking about the um how Bilal suffered in the hands of his master when he was like saying I had yeah. head, right? And in this show it was very graphic oh. what he was going through. And you just you just think what people went through for the faith. Yeah. So the kind they of conviction you have to go through all of these things. I mean, that's, that's also what the series teaches us, right? But it was just so interesting yeah. seeing that. And I was like, mm, subhanallah. But then you think about it. The reason why they were able to give up their lives, their livelihood, like their livelihood, all of that, is mm-hmm. because they had absolute conviction in Allah's promise about the hereafter. No, but I don't the, think the you can do is, that if you don't, like... Of course, but I'm just saying, thinking that the people that accepted early, like yeah. Bakr and, and um, Bilal or it's it's telling of the kind of person Prophet was Salam, for them sure. to have believed him so early on, right? Yeah. With such conviction. I know. With the kind of things that they went through and they were like, we're not going to turn back because look at how his character had been built even before he became a prophet. Exactly, exactly. That's it's a good so point. It's so interesting. Yeah, character is important over the years. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Like, there's so much that people people remember about you even without you no, noticing. Not literally. That's true. Literally. That is very really yeah. true. And also, so, I think, yeah. like, when you read the Sira, regardless of, like, wherever you are in life, there's always something that you there's can relate to. There's always a lesson. There's always, always something you can relate to. Even if to. you're a young child, yep. you're youth, you're an adult, you're married, you're divorced, you would he has all of the experience you've lost so a many. child you it encapsulates so many whatever stage you're married i saw but single, i was like that's why allah made him the messenger children, right? so I saw you have difficult relationships because he's embodied members. everything you're like maybe oh, feeling slightly like down mm-hmm. like i remember like oh man there's so many he has so everything many everything oh. you could possibly think of that you've gone through or going through he's gone experienced through. so it's, a, so it's an ocean of knowledge that can never finish, basically. Literally. That's the Sierra. Literally. Alhamdulillah. Uh, what else was I going to mention? Oh, yeah, we were talking about, like, sunnah. How important, like, what are the sunnah acts that are, like, your favourites? Even though it's such a weird question to be asking. No, it's not. What are your favourite sunnah? 
Let me see. My favorite uh, scenario. I love making the. I love making the du'a for when you look in the mirror. Okay. Yeah. It's just that's a good cute. one. I love making the du'a for when you buy something, new clothes, and you want to wear them. Yeah. I really like that. I love the sunnah of Prophet of awesome. like feeding other people first before you take the mm. bite because it's just it's a show of love. That's true. Um, I love that he loves children. I mean, that's not sunnah really, but I just think it's it's nice in the way that he was with with children. Yeah. Like I just think about how now you go. To, I was re- I saw on Twitter a lady was talking about how she had a baby during COVID so it's her first salary in the mosque in a while she takes her three-year-old daughter and it just did not go well um, I'm, I'm glad that she said she would still take her kids to yeah. the mosque because, her daughter to the mosque because I think that's important because it's a large house it's not yours I don't understand why people are just and children should be allowed to be in the mosque I get I, get I, mean, I was thinking about the Prophet who but... would tell people to like shorten their prayers because of like when when he, apparently when, when Prophet Salam had the baby so crying in the crowd he would shorten like the salah. salah. Look at how considerate he was. Literally. When now people are like, don't bring your children to the mosque. And, and then literally. later on, you're like, why aren't the young people in Come the in mosque? The, like, literally. Follow the logic, please. And how I remember listening to this, there's a series that um, Al Maghrib is doing with, um, what's his name? Ammar Al Shukri is on, like, okay. um, Mariam Salam. And he was talking about one episode, the importance of daughters and how we believe to daughters, but like Allah holds them in high esteem, yeah. right? Um, and he then was given an example of how Prophet Sallallahu would carry his granddaughter Salah. during Salah. And even when, like, you know how when you carry a child, when you go into Sujudi, put them down. It was like yeah. when he goes into Sujudi, puts her down. He carries her back when he stands up. Yeah. And it's just interesting how he cared for a child mm. and never let, A, the mother or anybody in the crowd feel like, oh, okay, this child's annoying. And then you don't want to come because you're worried that, oh, your child is going to be the one that causes distraction. He never makes you feel that way, that way. ever. You True. want to keep coming back. And that's the prophecy. Oh, thing I love about, one of the things I love about him is you can you leave every interaction with him feeling like he's your best friend. Yes. Oh. True. Because he just has such closeness with people. It's it's just, he has so much yeah. barakah in his time. In everything. Like, in his life. How much life. he has to himself in the community. And yet nobody ever complained like, oh, he treated me badly. It's, it's just I think about that all the time about how like he was the busiest person yeah. yet he had time for people mm. and I remember reading something actually how yes we're all busy and we want to do things and achieve our goals and especially with the mindset we have now of individualistic yeah. but one of the biggest things in Islam is that you have to serve people it's yeah. such like you, it's such an important part of your life you're That's someone's true. sister for a reason someone's daughter for a reason someone's and so on and so on and so on but we have been brought here as well to be of service to humanity that's also a way of taking care of the earth anyways back to the sunnah I love the yep. most is Allah's Prophet's compassion to people it's one of my favourites and his mercy it's just even to, to everything to animals to kids remember the boy whose to bird nature, died and he helped trees. him to bury the to, just so many yeah so many, many stories. So, um, those are my, my favorite sunnahs. Let me see. Do I have any? I have, like, what I like about the sunnahs always is that Professor Salam, I mean, from Allah's blessing, he teaches us all of these, like, little acts that can lead to such immense rewards. Like, yeah. He's like, say, subhanAllah wa bihamdihi a hundred times. And then you, no, actually, there's a subhanAllah wa bihamdihi subhanAllah and you have a, a garden planted for you in paradise. Yeah. And there's also, if you say a hundred times, nobody will get better than you except somebody who has said it more than you. Yeah. And, if you pray two rakahs of du'a, then you, even if your sins were as vast as the ocean, Allah will forgive it. Like All of the things so he teaches, he teaches us so many things that just makes life easy for us. I think following the sunnah, every single component of your day-to-day just becomes like an act of worship. Because what you were Literally. saying about the different du'as for different things, if you're leaving the house, if you're getting dressed, if you're looking in the mirror, like the morning and evening adhkars. I love this. There's so, there's so many, like before you leave your house, when you're in the market, mm-hmm. all of it. It keeps you is, centered, right? Exactly. You know how Allah says always, like always reflects, always remember me. Mm-hmm. And you think, how can I always remember Allah? But then when you think about all of these sunnahs, you're literally then spending your entire life, your entire days in remembering Allah. Remember Allah. And it's so beautiful, thing. right? Isn't it? How like it's been... Yeah, it keeps carrying on. Alhamdulillah. What's your favorite sunnah? I okay. feel like you on, covered. On. <laughs> yeah, you covered mine. So it's all good. No, but what's your favorite sunnah act to do? What do you mean? I've covered all the sunnah. What is your favorite? Yeah, because my favorite one was adkars as well. Really? Yeah, because Aww. I feel I feel connected when I do the adkars, like more than adkars, because you know it was like something the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did and recommended. And I love that so. they're easy to remember. Exactly. And the meanings are very like it's very powerful. The Prophet always made the most articulate, succinct, but just the eyes that have so much depth as well. Literally. It's incredible. So, yeah. Literally. Those are my favorite as well. I love the using the miswak before you. 
That's a good one. You didn't work a lot basically before yeah. you do a lot of acts of worship. I love, I love that he used to make. So one thing actually, I just found out was I remember that I was doing research for something um mm-hmm. at work, and I realized that you could make wudu even when you're in your period. I'd never actually thought about that. Yeah. So How? the Prophet Sallam used to make wudu when he had major impurities, even yeah. though if he wanted to eat and he wanted to sleep, he would still make wudu because there's barakah in wudu. I didn't know that it's authentic hadith as well. So I went to, someone told me that and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Because there was a verse in the Quran where I was researching the verse in the Quran where Allah says he loves those who purify themselves. Mm-hmm. And then the reminder was that for those who are in your period, you can also make wudu. So I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And then I saw the authentic hadith where the Prophet Sallam, when he so wanted to sleep or eat, even if he was in a major impurity, he would still make wudu because of the barakah. Of course, it doesn't mean you can touch the Quran, but... yeah. It just the this is like how Sahari um Suhoor has a barakah uh, in it, so you should eat it just for the blessing of Allah because barakah just multiplies that's your affairs. It was a beautiful learning for me, literally. Um, I didn't know that, so that's a sunnah that I like as well. Um, yeah. now that I know about it, I think it's beautiful. And even if, if you just make wudu a constant part of your day, then that's constantly purifying yourself because Bilal radiallahu anhu. There was a um, the Prophet was saying, there, there was a time they were having a conversation and he said. He had the footsteps of Bilal in front of him, and he asked him like, "What does he do?" Because he always uses his wudu. Always make sure he renews it, and once he does, he always make sure he uses it to do at least one, two rakahs of prayer. It's so cool. I know it's not like holding on to wudu. (laughs) (laughs) Holding on to wudu. Okay, so I have a sunnah act that I want to try: hijama, cupping. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've heard about like a lot of the good benefits so once yeah. you try let me know I shall indeed I can jump on the train with you inshallah another one visiting the sick I think that's a really really important one it's a beautiful sunnah you know what actually in my household two people were sick for the past couple of days right oh, no. um, and oh bro I kept telling them I said first of all this is Allah purifying you <laughs> forgiving your sins and you know Allah says is with the sick so I told them I said mention my name to Allah <laughs> Please mention my name to Allah. Because Allah said in the hadith, He said, I wish this go to So I was like, literally, I was like, first of all, make the offer yourself. Yes, but mention my name to Allah because it's with you. Please, let's be serious. Let's not waste a beautiful opportunity. Of course, you're not feeling where I get it, but don't waste this opportunity. Lord, Lord, Lord. So visiting the sick is important. God will help you. Like, I just um, imagine someone's really saying, you're like, it's true. I just didn't want the opportunity to get wasted in it. So I was like, please mention my name to God. <sighs> Tell him Swad's here. Swad's here asking, making the uh, making the arm. Um. Okay. Right. The book also talks about how in the Western society, sometimes it's hard to implement sinner or like practice a life that is in accordance with the sunnah. Sometimes or a lot of times. But what are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like, is there a major distinction between living in Western society and living in a Muslim country? I don't... So at this point in time, actually, I don't actually distinguish between the both of them because I feel like the idea or the concept of a Muslim country is not the same as what it used to be. Exactly. So that's why I don't think... Maybe when the person wrote the book, the person was just... Had a frame of reference. Yeah. Um, but I don't think... I have a frame of reference. I think it's all the same now. It doesn't matter where you live. The fitness is all there and it's all the same. Um, but I do still think that, which in this day and age in general, it is a bit difficult to, to live the sunnah. Some things have been made very difficult. Um, so, for example, I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago about how I didn't know. I don't know why it never occurred to me that insurance was haram. I didn't know either until I saw a Twitter discussion. Oh, so, basically, what happened I swear, was, I was talking to one of my cousins about, oh, I wanted to get insurance for my laptop because it was like, oh, such a big investment, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I hadn't had insurance in a while, right? So, then I... It's so interesting the way Allah works. I had actually paid for the insurance that morning. Yeah. Then Allah, I don't know, I think it was from one of the Quran 30 for 30 conversations. Then Allah inspired a thought in my mind to go look up insurances. I don't know why I just... Normally I look up stuff about the deen, but I just felt, oh, it, everybody does it, so it must be normal. Mm-hmm. And then I was just... The first thing I saw was... It wasn't even sugar-coated. It wasn't even a difference of a... It's haram. Or the commercial... Is this for everything? I'm I'm so confused because I feel like I haven't read enough about it. So... I read a lot because I was like, okay. I'm sorry. So stuff like... Me. Let's say stuff so like home appliances as let well. Let me explain You to can't you. pay insurance on it. So because insurance works on risks. So they give you the three reasons why it's haram. Because it works on risks. And yeah. It's a form of gambling. And it's it's a system that cheats people because if nothing happens, they, you're still paying, right? Mm-hmm. So it profits the people that benefit from it, basically. Um, there is halal insurance in the sense it's the one where the community comes together and pays money to a fund, so okay. you're not losing that. And so if something was to happen to somebody, you would give them from that fund and you'd all continue. So there's a way to make it 
halal. Right. But it's a, it has to be community-based and intentional, not the way the, the commercial ones. So one that's... So then, obviously, I read about, like, because I was reading about car insurance. Because in this country... You do have to have... Exactly. You have to have insurance to drive. And, and also, there are lots of places where the public transport is not good enough. And exactly. When it's a necessity. So there is the ruling okay. of when it's a necessity, right. you can get it. But you should try as much as possible to seek alternatives. But when it's a necessity, the sin is no longer on you. Because there is the ruling of necessity in Islam when okay. something is a necessity. But I was just thinking about how it's just it's a rampant culture, right? But it makes sense why it's haram, though. Because it's, it's the thing of... because. And that's what they're capitalizing on. Human beings, we, we're very afraid. Or oh, I've paid for this thing. Imagine if something happens to you, right? We very, like, want to control as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And I think about that in terms of also, like, life insurance as well, life, life insurance. And how it's a form of... People are paying for something, right? But then the thing is... And it's the thing about the rich gets richer, right? This insurance companies benefit a lot. If a million people are paying insurance, yeah. what are the chances that the million people are going to actually claim claim ins- uh, literally yeah. on anything, right? So sure. they're the ones who continue to benefit. Whereas you, who maybe you're a working class person, is not earning a lot, but you still feel like, oh, I need to insure all of these things. Yeah. And it's also because apparently you're not leaving room for things to happen because there are things that are the Qadr of Allah and you're trying to kind of... Mm. I guess fight it but anyways what led me to that conversation is just how the way the world yeah yeah, how the way the world is set up that a lot of things that are normalised are actually not halal and it's now the onus is on you to, to actually do, work, do research. your research and that's why I that's the, in the that's the way I would say that things are a bit difficult basically but I did a lot of reading because it's, all of this happened in this one week yeah <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of reading about it um, I'd read quite a few different um, organisations as well it just kept me you know what it it just kept me thinking about all of the ways in which Allah has given us things that would work out for us it reminded mm. me of how zakats can transform lives and if we had a good way to follow the halal way of like mm. um, insuring like with community based insurance kind of thing I think it could it would go far if it was implemented by people yeah also reminded me though of this episode of again granted what that Omar Suleiman was saying how like there's so many things these days that are normalized, but they're haram. And first of all, not only is it important to avoid them, but we also have to strive to create halal solutions, not just for ourselves, but for other people, even if whether they're Muslims or not. Because yeah. that's the only way you can transform. A lot of these haram things, exactly. they don't benefit people. That's the, They benefit yeah. a specific group of people. Mm. So Islam is such a, it's just a beautiful, comprehensive religion in the sense that it caters for everyone. But these practices, they're haram for a reason, and it's clear, yeah. like, why? Anyways, yeah, that's what I mean by in the sense of like the Western culture prevents. Mm. Um, Another another way is also in the sense of like psychology. Okay, this is big, but it's just that I feel like because psychology doesn't take into consideration stuff like the soul, like we do. There is like the, there's some aspects I feel like they cannot cover or like you're limited in your options. I mean, yes, there is now, alhamdulillah, like the Islamic psychologists who bring Islam to their practices. Mm. But without that, you're also limited in the approach um, and in the way that you you could be treated or your your situation will be seen and you might not even be taken seriously because there's just some things that you can't explain to someone who doesn't have faith or doesn't believe in God and um, yeah. in that aspect, right? Um, so, yeah, basically. That's what I would say in terms of the Western culture then. But yeah, anyways, mm. how about you? Oh, what God. do you think of the statement? To some extent, of course, because we are... Our way of life or our, our way of thinking is very much in the minority like there'll, there'll be certain things that we believe in or that we practice it that we practice that people either don't have respect for or they oh, don't see the need for doesn't and make sense to them exactly like particularly in a world where god has been removed from the equation of course mm-hmm. when you when you appear in certain rooms it's kind of like oh the freak show is here no that's actually it's so interesting that's the sentiment now like <sighs> Can't believe in this day and age. You still, you still believe, believe in God, God, like we're the dumb ones. Okay, but sorry, yeah, not that anyway. it was dumb, but it, yeah. it's that it's that thing of in some environments for sure mm-hmm. is hard. I mean, in this what world where they're even banning the hijab in quite in a France, few in India, countries, in some workplaces, you can't wear anything quote unquote religious. Yeah, there's increase in Islamophobia all across the world, and that's kind of petrifying slash scary at the same time. Well, no, it reminds me of the Hadith with Prophet Sallallahu There's going to be a so point where holding on to your deen is like holding on to hot coal. Oh. I know, I feel like we're nearing that point if you're not even there already. Yeah. I think even just the things that we're exposed to in society, the Bruh. things that we are like legitimizing mm-hmm. as like encouraging people towards as well. 
I feel like learning our deen and holding on to it, it is a challenge. And so much dua is involved in the process of like Allah keeping your heart like grounded in the deen Mm -hmm. and Allah Mm -hmm. guiding your path so that you're making the right decisions and Allah guiding your tongue so that when you're speaking as well, you're speaking with like wisdom and not... I agree. Yeah, like removing people from the fold of Islam. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. we like we so treat each other with compassion do. and mercy. Mm-hmm. That we're not mm-hmm. like people who abuse others. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of the internet because I'm yeah. like, I see the, the internet like, is just. I'm so scared about internet because literally you don't know where your tweet, your all of this photo, your, no, not photo, like your post, whatever it is, could land, could end up. And sometimes, like, some people just don't have a stuff for Allah. Like, you might have the best intention with something and someone else can take it with the worst literally, intentions. And literally. it's like a whole mess. And obviously, like, Allah sees all of our intentions. But I think we do need to be very cautious about what we what we share on the internet as well. I'm very, like... I'm saying this as someone no, reactive as well. Yeah. It's not that, but I think about that as well in terms of how it's just a reminder of how, like, the Day of Judgment would work. A lot can just bring up your tweets. Imagine you said that. I posted 140. And then you're going to be like... <laughs> 140,000 tweets. And it's like, let's read it all for you so you can see it. God, you know some things you've even written or you've said and you've forgotten about? And that's why I feel like on, on the internet, like, you could have forgotten about something, but that thing could have caused big damage. And it might still even be out there causing damage. Yeah. And you've moved on with your life, not knowing the impact that this has. And I think specifically with arguments, and the reason why I suppose like I care so much about it is because I always think of that story with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, um, where Abu Bakr was in his presence and someone came to abuse the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they were silent for a bit and I think And then Abu Bakr responded, responded. because they didn't like it. Yeah. And then the Prophet walked away. Yeah. So, and he said so. Um, the angels were defending were defending me, but then the minute you said something, I can't remember. Oh, let me find it. I think the minute not. he said something, the angels left. Yeah, and the Prophet also stood up and left because he didn't want to be. The angels left and Shaitan came, and the Prophet didn't want to be where Shaitan was. Yeah, I'll include. Yeah, it was. Um, what's his name? That. Omar Suleiman did a um, episode on it. But I don't remember what episode. Remember when he did the Angels in Our Presence series? Oh, I didn't finish that. Yeah, I he, he spoke about it in the Angels in Our Presence series, actually. Uh, I just don't remember what episode he did. But I also think about, you know, like sometimes when people are... Obviously, it's important for us as Muslims to defend the Prophet Sallallahu honour. Mm-hmm. And we live in a society, again, where there's so many weird oh accusations, you, unsubstantiated, ridiculous... That somebody used argue, the Prophet Sallallahu like, as a love interest in a fantasy oh, novel. No, no. Some, some, I'm like, are you guys normal? I'm so confused. I don't know how the, how did people figure it out. Somebody just said she can't believe she just saw a fantasy novel where the Prophet was the love oh, interest for the in That's this wild. fantasy world. I said, in what Excuse world? Me. What's the what's the correlation? How did we get here? That's wild. But yeah, man. That's wild. Dunya, I'm just. Yeah, but I mean, you also have to pick your battles. Yeah. So like you know, so, um, some there was, there was something that happened recently where a sister tweeted something okay. about like seeking permission from your husband before you leave the house. Oh, I didn't even know about that until I think someone tweeted, I can't believe you guys cancelled this lady for two It wasn't years. even the cancelling. It was just the behaviour. Of people. What did they do? I looked at it and I thought, would the Prophet Sassar be proud of us for what is happening right what here? Happened? People, I don't know what happened. People were going down low, like insulting her, insulting her family. When she left Twitter and Instagram, someone was like, find her email. We need to go and abuse her again. No, you're joking. Where? Wait, first of all, what kind of time do you have when your hands are doing that kind of... It's good for us to be passionate about defending the religion, about yeah, but making it's not sure necessary people. To go and be assaulting and insulting. But I just thought this is crazy behavior, and the fact that thousands of people are all know. behaving this way, yeah, and it's we not, all think, I think we're it's legitimized no and behaving about, that way, it's, it's no scary. About, it's no longer about defending the religion. It's exactly, just, I don't know what they're doing, but it's, it's just, not about defending the religion. But Allah keep us guided because mm. I think we need to we need to um hold each other or just be a like self regulate our actions a little How bit. How can more. a thousand people all be thinking in the same direction? I don't know. God. I just think there are certain topics that people feel very passionately about and it's just once someone kind of like strays outside a little bit, it's kinda of like, yeah, let's pull them back in line. But then That's how do you pull, pull someone Exactly, back how do you pull someone back in line? Is it by raining insults on them? Is it by raining insults to their family? That's not what's going to work. Anyway, I diverted. We're talking wow. about um Sunna in um the society and i think just kind of personalize it a little bit more stuff like being able to pray at work in your workplaces sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a game of luck or you being very insistent that i have to pray it's not it's it's actually you could have just asked like you should have just asked yeah because allah sometimes just makes it 
easy for you. Mm-hmm. You ask and they're like, oh yeah, sure, you can definitely you can pray it. in this room. Sure. And we can accommodate. Whereas like obviously sometimes like I just believe you don't get what you don't ask for mm-hmm. generally. Um, some people they'd be like, Oh no, we feel like if we do it for you, then we have to do it for every other religion. They always oh, yeah. do that stupid stuff. Oh. We have to do it for every other religion. I'm like, uh, and I'm like, Call it a silent room, then <laughs> call it a meditation. Call, call, yeah. call it whatever you want to call it. Call it Just let me have space to pray. We're quite lucky in London. I, we, I, I think we're in some, like we're in a bubble a little we bit. Are. We enjoy so much privileges and alhamdulillah in terms of how we're able to practice our faith. Yeah. And we shout out to those who pray in changing rooms. Oh, yeah, so, that too. TK Maxx have a nice, large changing room. TK Maxx? Yeah, the oh, room is... I mean, maybe it's just the one I went to. So when I went to Bristol one time, we couldn't find somewhere to pray around and we went to the TK Maxx um, change room. It was mm-hmm. big. It was enough space for me to put my mat on the floor. And, and it was smart because I remember I tried another, another shop changing room yeah and they add gaps underneath the door which mm-hmm. is big enough for someone to just bend and see what you're doing whereas the ticket max one didn't have any gaps between underneath the door underneath oh, okay. the the separation between the cubicles spot on mashallah oh so i think something that um struck me was in the book where he was yeah. like um that what is the first and most important duty of muslims today mm. and i thought rah that's oh, interesting right yeah. um, but then i was just also thinking how can we do da'wah in a because i mean i feel like most da'wah is done in just your interaction on a day-to-day with people and through your character and da'wah is not just like i mean it is a part of it like not just standing and like verbally calling people to allah but it's mm. also in the way that you are because at the end of the day you're not the one who touches hearts it's Allah that touches heart yeah but you have to make sure you're the best representation of Islam mm. that you could possibly be because when I think about like Allah saying that all oh, we are vicegerents on earth that is actually part of our role yeah bringing people to his message and his role and um, but it made me also think about it as a big responsibility to be a Muslim because you have that we do have the duty to tell people the message, but I think it, it goes back to again the kind of society where we live in, where people we sometimes tiptoe around talking about religion. Because I remember in one of his, I can't remember what series it was, maybe when I was doing his like career one, mm-hmm. I was doing something anyway. Like when I was talking about how, like when we have the opportunity to do so, do we talk about Islam with even our colleagues? And I thought that's a good. That's point. a good question. It's a good. Qu- I love talking that's about true. the dean. And I think sometimes it can be simple. It can be as simple as one of the best things I've seen, honestly, in Ramadan is like people's bosses or colleagues participate in Ramadan. I know. Because I think that's such a beautiful way to talk about what like the religion is, why it is that we fast. Mm -hmm. They get to experience some part of it. At least give them an idea of what it is. Exactly, exactly. Not to shy away from talking about talking about the religion. And you can be like, why do you wear the hijab? And you're like, oh, it's just my style. Exactly. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh my days. Because let me see, like, then oh sometimes, I mean, sometimes it is difficult because then the conversation can go to, oh, are you oppressed? Are you forced to wear it? Do you, do you shower with your headscarf on? Ugh. Yeah, like, you're already preempting how it might lead to. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think one of the things that, by listening to certain people, I'm getting more confidence in, it's just, like, asserting that there are certain things I don't have to explain. Like, I'll tell you what it is. And, yeah. If you have issues with it, that's your problem. It is. I'm not involved. Like, if I tell someone I wear hijab as an act of submission to God, Mm -hmm. and you're asking me, oh, but is it it fair or is it unfair? I'm sorry. That's That's not my problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's for you to decide. That ain't my problem. For yourself. I can't help you. Like, I always think about it when people, when people on, you know, like, national platforms, and you have these presenters who just have the audacity to say, oh, but why do you as a Muslim woman wear hijab? I think, you don't ask anyone else. You know, sometimes they will slip in all of these questions about religion, even when the conversation is about. Has nothing to do with it. Something entirely different. Let me tell you, (laughs) entirely, and they don't do that to other people. Like I don't understand. Like. I'm yeah. sorry, does that relate to what, what we're That's the answer I have prepared in my head. If I ever find myself in this situation, I'm like, how does this relate to the conversation? You have to make it uncomfortable for them too. Sorry, because I'm, some not people that. <laughs> I'm not understanding. Because the thing is, one, they're looking for sound bites, and two, they're always trying to place people in a defensive position of your religion doesn't make any sense. Well, how about you tell me? But that's the thing. I feel so like I to defend my there's, two defen- there's two different sides okay. of people. There are people who are generally just inquisitive. Mm-hmm. And normally when you're having conversations with people like that, you can tell. And then there are people who have a po- point to prove about what they think they know about your religion. In that case, to Katanga, because we too. 
Oh god, I'm dead. <laughs> Me too. I'm not interested. I feel like the basic, the basics, the basis of any conversation that has to do with learning about someone else's difference mm-hmm. has to be humility. And when humility is missing from either of the two people, like that conversation goes sideways very quickly. Basically. And you can just tell, like certain platforms in this country, all they want to do is find a sound sound bias so they can say, "Oh, this Muslim said X Y Z." That's literally it. That's literally it. My sound bite is. I'm not here to defend myself. Literally. <laughs> it is what it is. This is not the conversation for today. <laughs> email me later. And you pay. It's not free service. I can't just be chatting to you about my Here's my rate card. Here's <laughs> <laughs> oh some resources days. with more established people. And also the fact that, you know, like people will ask questions that relate to like fake issues. That the, has been I, I was just about to say, like, like, I can't even answer. answer. In one sentence. Oh my days. And when you tell them this issue in his context, in his explanation, they're and like, they're just so you're just doing sentence. it for the sake of doing it then. I find media press is so funny now because I just, you can just see like some of these people think they're being smart, but it's like, but we can not. see through you. <laughs> they're not. It's so ridiculous. So you can play this game. So I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> just, yeah. The Western world, that's how we got here. The Western world. Oh yeah, that one, that's how we got here. Yeah, but what are the ways that you find effective in terms of that one? I think I just personally think it's from how you treat people because you would hear I've heard a lot of stories of someone saying, "Oh, I became Muslim because I encountered this one Muslim woman who was so kind and all like all they'd heard about Muslims was bad." Yeah, and then this just made them actually interested in learning more and wanting to know more mm. because I can be preaching to you, but I could also be, God forbid, a horrible person in terms of character. And the message is therefore not aligning. So what I'm saying isn't aligning with what I'm doing. So I guess it's t- telling people about the religion for sure, but also trying your best to practice what you preach yeah. or just live the... You know how Prophet Sallam was a walking Quran? Mm. Just live the Sorry. Quran. Sorry. Um, and I think then from there, Allah is... Because Allah is the one that guides. But yeah. yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is like when there is opportunities not to be... Afraid. Not to shy away from yeah, yeah. to bring up Islam, and I think that also comes with us learning as much as we can about our religion. That's the thing. We have a responsibility yeah. to, and I think also there's a distinction between learning about the religion and also being able to explain in an articulate way that's as well. True. That's also a skill. I think you should also I, be okay with saying I don't know. Yes, oh, that's a big one. And just say I don't have enough knowledge on this topic. Exactly, and leave it there. And then just go start waffling, and then <laughs> dig yourself a hole. You're not going to be able to come out of, and it's just going to go downhill from there. Like that's I told you. Ask me now. I'm like I don't know. Sorry. Literally, like I have no idea. I have no idea. It's the dean not my is vast. Space. The dean, yeah, subhanallah. But I think the basics are so is fundamental. Yeah, yeah, of course. Why of do course. you believe in God? What is Islam? Like, why do you pray five times? Why do you pray five times a day? Why do you fast? Yeah, so those things. Oh God, I saw a tweet to today. Is um yeah. Some important. random white lady was like, you? "You need to have a trigger warning when you post about Ramadan because Ramadan encourages." Oh my disordered. god, no. Oh, I can yeah. see why it would be tough with people who already have. No, but it's not Ramadan disorders. that encourages exactly. it, though. So I did, she just, yeah. She, the way she phrased it, I was just like, Allah help us. It's everyday attack Islam. Just take a break one day. No, 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 no. To be honest, I've muted so many words on Twitter that there's certain things I don't come on my thing That's anymore. Good. I, didn't, I didn't even check enough to know that you could even mute words. Oh, so whenever something's like really hot on the TR and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Islamic or non-Islamic really, I'd, I'll mute the words and then maybe when I search for it months later and then someone's tweet is blocked because I've muted a particular word <laughs> and I'll realise oh wow Mad. I've done a mass mute <laughs> Mad. because certain times I'm just like ooh if all you want to do or even even sometimes you know like I might post the most random thing mm-hmm. and someone will reply on that tweet but what about ex-Muslims I can't remember what I posted the, the, recently mm-hmm. Oh, it was MCB. Like, I did this. Um, I was interviewing, like, three more um, older women that have been, mm-hmm. like, really active in the community. And someone just posted underneath. Um, I think, I'm not going to mention the name, but a few prominent ex-Muslim would be good to speak to as well. And I just, sometimes I think to myself, the audacity. <laughs> did I ask you? Did I ask for recommendations? <laughs> it's different if I said, oh, can you guys recommend some Muslims? That's an automatic block. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm a savage. Oh my days, Honestly, man. You know, when it comes to time, I'm just like, I'm so I, think, I don't have the energy to engage with. Oh, God. I'm like, if you listen to that interview, you will not come out of my tweet to say, Oh, Allah, forgive me. Oh. But, but sometimes people don't actually read the articles or read, yeah, 
or That's watch like, the thing they just the see the title and then they just comment and i'm just like no you just no basically it's not to. me they'll be doing back and forth i've told people me, read it. yeah it does oh, it becomes exhausting very book. quickly exactly no one has energy for that i feel like as black women as black muslim women there's so much entitlement to our time and i'm just not no, in it's crazy well, i can give that to people who are not deserving oh, of it anymore uh, they literally expect us if to be you move sideways is a block <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god! If I see you moving anyhow, it's true. Life is too short. If I see that you're always engaged in battle, block. Wow! Everybody, you need a Mahmoudan manifesto for how to deal with people on social media. Oh Mahmoudan manifesto. When are you? Oh god! Anyway, yeah. Back to the subject. Ooh, actually, we've been talking so much about their series, but I think it's really, really important to mention that institutions like Yakin Institute are doing such a good job. Because when we were speaking about... um, Questions and doubts. Yes. It's so... Like, I feel like they cater to so many different types of audiences, like existing Muslims, new Muslims, prospective Muslims. I can't think I'm using that word. But um, parents, kids, youth, everyone. And so for us, when we think about, oh, how do I even if I'm not going to stand on the street and start calling people to Islam, but a way in which you're participating mm, in dawah is by supporting those institutions so that their work can continue. And they have so, a lot of resources. Exactly. Like, you thinking can of those use things. as well. Is, yeah. I think it's yeah. really, really important to highlight yeah. that. Yeah. I recommend, yeah. So, that's my, that's my two cents. Anything else to end? Dad? No. Kalia, alhamdulillah. May we be of those... Who are in the company of the prophets and actually one more i just saw something i remembered he talked about the importance of reaching the youths yes and i just think about like are we actually reaching the youths with True. the dean these days it's just it's interesting because i feel like i see more and more people leaving yeah same um and it's so sad i think a lot of the community spaces i mean i'm speaking just from like a nigerian perspective mm-hmm. a lot of the community spaces that we had when we were younger a lot of young people are not engaged with anymore. Yeah, that's because they're not tailored for young. They're not, yeah. yeah, they're not tailored for it. And I think it's for us as like the adult. Oh my god, I can't believe I say that. Adult. Um, to think about the different ways that we engage people, yeah, and it's also so like important because... one of the things I've learned is you you don't automatically have to say, "Oh, we're doing a halakha. Because again, I'm taking back to Iqbal Nassim when I was mm-hmm. doing that course. He, I think, for like twelve years or so of his life, when he was a teenager, all the way to when he was in like past uni or something, mm-hmm. he just used to run a weekly football session and then at the end he'd do like a five minute halakha with them and he said like later on he met someone on the train that said i used to come to your football sessions and they were they it made such a difference in their lives and so Mm -hmm. it could even be like a social activity that you have a 10 minute reminder at the end yeah but we are keeping those like those ties of those Mm -hmm. ties of like religion and faith stronger with the younger ones but honestly i think it's something for all of us to consider about how do we keep because again i think thinking about it from the perspective of if I was a teenager living in this world right now, mm-hmm. boy, when I tell you, yeah. things are going on. So I can imagine like how difficult it is for them or challenging it is yeah, when their peers are doing certain things and it's like, oh, because I'm mm-hmm. Muslim, I can't go, I'm, I can't do X, Y, Z. And so it's for us who have like lived yeah. through, <laughs> we've lived through the different, we've lived through life or we have like certain wisdom. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Inshallah. Yeah. That we can make sure they don't make certain mistakes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a good point. What were you gonna say? Sorry, no, it's, it's fine. You said it just yeah. the importance. I just kept thinking about how, like, because if we don't, then they're gonna become adults who don't, and then just, you're just literally gonna lose mm. like people more and more and more. Because then, if you have adults that don't, then you're gonna have more teenagers that don't, basically, yeah. it's just gonna be a vicious cycle. It's true, yeah. May Allah keep us guided. I mean, and if anyone does any like initiatives or schemes, do leave it in the comment section. It would be great to know about, yeah, yeah. and see how we can support. We can share it on the Insta page, inshallah. Righty ho. So we are getting towards the end of the episode. What were your favorite quotes from the I chapter? Two. Yeah. The first one is the only way to live by the Quran is to live life as the Prophet lived it for his life was the Quran in practice. Mm. that's the first one you can do Powerful. so my one it says western culture as it exists and as and as it had spread now throughout the world in this global village has perpetuated the view that only that which can be materially measured or found out is real 
Whatever cannot be measured has no value. Therefore, both Islamic and Western cultures are diametrically opposed. You know what I find so funny about this Western culture about measurement and real? You yeah. can't measure love. Mm-hmm. Yet love is real. But Get into you, philosophical you debates. Because <laughs> you can't measure love, right? But love is real. Ah. So anyways, yeah. Yeah, second, I think Western culture does place a lot of emphasis on like what we are, empirical evidence mm-hmm. and what we're able to perceive. Yeah. And that does, yeah, comes in opposition with my second favourite quote is the most outstanding feature of his life was that every moment was spent in da'wah in inviting his fellow human beings to live in submission to their creator. He lived every moment of his life in purifying individuals and making them grow in their love and submission to Allah. And that reminded me of the fact that it's not doing da'wah, it's not just calling people to Allah. Yeah. You have to get them to the point where they love Allah. I remember seeing a story of like um, a lot of converts or reverts, they were like when we accepted Islam the first and the people were telling us was, oh, go get married, wear the hijab. Mm. And nobody was like, do you know how to pray? Do you know what it means to pray five times a day? Do you know that it's a form of communication with Allah? Even a lot of us were born Muslim, a lot of us don't know that, Mm. all of that stuff. And like, it's so important to not just make people Muslim, which is, I think, another reason why I feel like people are leaving the deen is, you've taught me the deen from a law perspective, from a rules, do this, do this, do this, do this. But, if I don't have a passion, if I don't have a connection to the one who I'm worshipping and yes. submitting to, what's the motivation to carry on? That's a word. Um. So, yeah. That is so true. Like, not just from, uh, not just the legal rulings, mm-hmm. but focusing on the heart of the deen. It's so important. important. It's so important. So true. We're missing the secret sauce. Yeah. May Allah help us. Ameen. Ameen. Yeah, my one is just an ayah in the Quran that was mentioned in the chapter. Um, it's in Surah Al-Anbiya 21-107 We sent you not but as a mercy for all the worlds I think that's beautiful Beautiful way to capture the essence of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Yeah, I don't need to talk about the latest book I'm reading It's alright Are you sure? Yeah I'm reading this book actually It's very thin I think I told you about it And Agendas to Change Our Condition Oh yeah It's only like 70 pages If that. not less Yep by uh Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and, and Zaid Um, I think it's really good. I love that it's very, very focused on practicality, yes. and then they've got the exercise at the end to choose one act you're gonna work on for like 40 days. Yeah, and if you slip, you start again. You start again. But that is the way you build a habit, isn't it? Yeah, so it's very interesting because I love the practical focus mm. of it. Um, I love that day. I haven't even finished it yet because I feel like I, I started reading and I realised the book I'm going to take my time to yeah. read because you have to actually try to embody you what you're it. learning yeah. as you're reading through it. Um, and just the focus on how it's important to serve. Community service is literally a big part of mm. one of the reasons why we've been placed on this earth. Um, because I think that's actually a form of that. When yeah. you serve, that's how you call people to Allah as well. Um but that is a book that I'm currently reading and I'm also trying to get through Purification of the Heart. I think mm. it's such an important book. I feel like that read. should be our next book. I think so too. That links more with, yeah, that links a lot with like society and us looking within and how we keep it's our heart It's so important. Secure. And yeah, the reason why I wanted to, I didn't plan to read it this Ramadan actually. I planned to read the Muhammad by Martin Links. Okay. But then I remembered so, listening yeah, yeah. to this lecture and it was like how... Allah, like the Quran is light and yeah. Allah is light. And if you want Allah to fill your heart with light and fill your life with light, you have to come to him with pure heart because you cannot fill something that's not pure with something that's mm. pure like light. True. And also Allah says in the Day of Judgment, it's those who have a pure heart. Yeah. And so I just thought how it's always easy to forget the diseases of the heart yep. because there's some of them that are like so easy to make mm. and commit. Um, so I was like, I actually want to focus this Ramadan on seeking like ways. I mean, of course, it's, it's, it's a far purifies your heart. But just being aware, reminding myself mm-hmm. of all of the diseases, all the, the ways you could fall into the traps yeah. and how to prevent them, avoid them, try to kill them. Yeah. True. So I always recommend that book. I think it's a very easy to read book, um, comprehensive, and you should just take it one step at a time. Yeah. Inshallah. Yeah. That is like the books it. I'm reading, actually. Yeah. Unrelated, yeah. I was using the app. And I had a 165 day streak. You know what you were saying, like with the agenda to change your condition, if you miss one day, you have to start again. It's like Duolingo, isn't it? If you I miss, miss one, one day. day. I had to start from day one. When I tell you, it was hurting my chest. That hurts. No, that hurts. hurts. But you know what? It guarantees that you learn your lesson. Exactly. Because <laughs> next time you don't miss. Unless yeah. you don't care, then yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. I feel like that's why the method works because 
as you're as you're on as you're going through it, mm-hmm. that consciousness is strengthened every time you have to go back again <laughs> to start over you're from more the beginning. Aware of like, and you don't make the same crazy. mistakes. You do exactly. you understand different paths to like. You're yeah. learning. I think you're more careful. You set more boundaries. Exactly. More everything. Yeah. It's that process of reiterating. Like, how did I end up on day one again exactly. at this point? And then exactly. you like you continue. So, so that's you like fail to do book. better. Yeah. True. Say fail to do better. I like that. That's a word. That's a quote. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> oh man. Right, mashallah. If you made it to the end of the episode, cut face up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days. A round of applause to you. <laughs> but no, um, thank you for joining us on this episode. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to keep all of us guided. May Allah forgive um, us for anything that we may have said wrong today. Um, may Allah um, purify our tongues, allow us to only say um, what is good, um, allow us to get the best from Ramadan, um, allow us to be of those who walk away from Ramadan with all our sins cleansed um, and accept um, all our du'as. Allah wants to meet Laylatul Qadr and make the most of it. Ameen, 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 Ameen. Yeah, We're keeping the book Pisatians fam in our du'as. Yeah, I added to my list now, so I don't forget <laughs> because I feel like it's easy to forget the people you're gonna make the ask for if you don't write it down in it. Oh, I feel like we should do an accepted whispers part two. That would be nice, actually. A reflection. I genuinely feel like last year, I think we should do that. that. <laughs> oh, bro, same. Alhamdulillah, because mate, Allah's good, God is good all the time, all the time. All the time. That's the end of today's show. See you soon, inshallah. Assalamualaikum. I'm not reading the end. I already told them to subscribe and like. <laughs> Email us your thoughts at bookforsationspod at gmail.com and let us know what other books you'd like us to check out while we go back to the re-strategize. Yeah. We only have um, one more episode. Don't we? Are we doing an, an yeah, episode one more. in May? Yeah. And then we're going mm. on a bit of a pause. But don't worry. I'll be posting the highlights from the old episodes. You can listen yeah. to those, inshallah. Inshallah. Anyway. We'll see you soon. Adios. Till next time. Till next time. Remember to read. Remember to read. <laughs> <laughs>